Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are Three Book Girls. Fall, ah, fall. The season of pumpkin spice lattes, which Nicole is sipping on contentedly. Oh, yeah. Munching a pumpkin scone. (laughs) Wishing it was about 10 degrees cooler outside. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it was like 93 degrees today and Humid. I think we've got a cold front coming in, though. Oh, yeah. That's what I heard. I'm going like, to be keeping my back door open tonight because it's going to be rainy. And so I any- think our low is like 60-something. So if anyone wants to steal Ooh. from Nicole tonight, would be the night. <laughs> I have locks on my screen doors. <laughs> and a security system. <laughs> and I believe you do have a dog, right? Yes. And a cat. He's very fierce. and He has an attack cat. <laughs> September is banned book month. Banned. Not as in... (laughs) There are some hand motions to go with that, guys, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. I have a killer air guitar. Mm -hmm. I give you a 10, man. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Banned books or challenged. Because in this day and age, they really don't ban them in the same way that they have previously done. They go yeah, through a lot right. more rigorous screening and it's a lot more of a parental warning system mm-hmm. now than an actual removal from the shelves in most cases. Yeah, right. But challenged books, there are an awful lot of those and most of them sort of sort of uh, revolve around things like teenage sexuality. Well, okay, so I have a question on on this subject. Okay. Uh, I understand, like, if a high school doesn't allow certain books in their library. Right. But who else, like, t- kind of censors it, I guess? Who would, in the U.S.? Like well, your, I know that when I was reading up on banned books, trying to figure out what I wanted to read for this week, mm-hmm. like, The Great Gatsby yeah. was banned by the... Alabama Christian Association, I want to say, the mm-hmm. ACA, in like 1987 because of the explicit sexuality and the fact that they bootleg alcohol, yeah. which was illegal at that time. There are and- a lot of school board um, decisions that come down in individual schools because mm-hmm. a parent raises a huge stink. Mm-hmm. And that's usually in schools, though. Yeah, see, that's what I was wondering. But I also understand, like, if there's a book that verges on pornography, because I've read some of those, you know, where yep. it's, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want my kid reading it either. Well, and, and it's hilarious because there are so many parents who are completely clueless. I mean, completely clueless. I knew so many mothers whose teenage daughters were reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah. And their yeah. mothers didn't read, so they had no idea what their kids are reading. Yeah. And it's way worse than television because mm-hmm. it's completely X-rated. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me tell you, when I was a young teenager, 
some of the books that I would check out from the library because, you know, at the time I read, you know, romance novels Uh (laughs) and because that's what my mom read a lot of times at that period in yeah, I, I, I seem to remember a very particular Harold Robbins novel that was very well thumbed when I was in high school. Uh, it's too bad they can't see the blush going up my cheeks right now. Because I learned an awful lot from that book. You know, my mom was yeah. pretty tight-lipped on the uh, whole sex thing. I think I got a yeah. pretty good education from Harold Robbins. Yeah, but see, see I, I would always just go buy books from Barnes and Noble or mm-hmm. any store, really. Uh, and your parents never really—they were—they would. My mom would always read the back of it, and up until a certain age, and then she would kind of just like look at it. But once I turned sixteen, I had my own car, and I would go to the bookstore for fun with friends, and especially yeah. Barnes and Noble because where I grew up it was a two-story, had a cafe and a coffee shop, and like wow. places for you to sit and read. It was huge. Man, that- that sounds like heaven. I didn't grow up in a in a city. I can't yeah, imagine growing up with a, with a palace like that right around yeah. the corner. <laughs> but now, yeah, our library was big. I could sit and read, but there wasn't like you couldn't. You weren't allowed to bring like drinks and stuff in there. Uh, they didn't let you drink or eat in there mm-hmm. at all. And there are so many of these books, the challenged books, that really look innocuous. But some of the subject matter is very concerning to parents because it challenges things such as belief in God. Yes. And I found that particularly interesting in this. I couldn't figure out why in the world they would want to challenge this book, which is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And I read the back and it's basically about this young boy this 15 year old who knows all the countries of the world and their capitals every prime number up to 7057 um, has no understanding of human emotions at all and it's a story about his investigation I guess you could say into the death of a neighborhood dog Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I'm thinking what in the world could be so bad about this book but see, this kid, and now I, I, I guess I'm slipping ahead here, and I'm assuming I get to go first. Yes, go, oh, yeah. go right okay. ahead. Uh, the, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime was by Mark Haddon, and it was put out, let's see, what year was that? 2003. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was reading it, and I was thinking, okay, I guess this kind of makes sense, because this character doesn't he can't lie. He's not capable of lying. He's not capable of imagining things. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes any sense to him is facts. Mm-hmm. Black and white. There is no gray in this boy's world at all. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he, he can't believe. He's not capable of believing. He sees that in the same cat. He sees God in the same category as he sees fairies and dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So... He says things like, that's a lie. Which then, if a child were to read this book, they may actually start to think about that or question that. And some parents don't want their children to question. Yeah, Questioning brings up all kinds of difficult conversations that parents are not 
ready or willing to discuss when a child is young. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but it's very, very super common. Yeah. They want to give the child the education that they grew up with. And if that includes, you know, going to church every three times a week or whatever it is, and they give them the doctrine and the doctrine is the law. Yeah. Right. So the child goes, well, what about this? And the parents are like, no, 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 no. You don't get to question. You just do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not all parents are like that. Well, my parents were not like that. Right. But yeah, some parents are like that. Yeah. But they just don't want they don't want their kids to be corrupted. They they think they're doing the right thing by well, protecting yeah, their children. Right. And and that goes for all kinds of subjects. Protecting your children from sex, protecting your children from being exposed to gay people. Yeah. Or gay mm-hmm. lifestyle. I think mm-hmm. it's so weird because when we think about this, like, okay, if I had a kid, which I do not. Mm-hmm. That's because you're only 23. So yeah. I wouldn't expect you to have <laughs> young, one yet. Young one. But if I did have one, I wouldn't. It's not that I wouldn't want them to read books about sex, but I don't want them to do it when they're 12. You know, I want like you can when I don't know about it and you're like 16 and you're ready for this like information right. for you to have. Like, right. I don't know if that makes sense, but if it was a religious book, I'd be, you can read whatever you want, whether well, or not it's about religion or against religion. Right. As long as it's not like uh, satanic. I mean, there's a, <laughs> right. I well, understand. See, there's a level. There, there is a level. <clears throat> there is. But kids also hear about that kind of thing. That's Yeah. Way before. And I I'm know. sorry, especially, <laughs> I mean, I have an 18-year-old, and Me too. he started asking questions early. I mean, in fact, <laughs> I think they were about nine and over at my house yes, asking questions they, one they, time. meaning because our, our sons were best friends <laughs> at that point, so yes. <laughs> but uh. I would, because they hear about the controversy about gay marriage on the news. They hear about, and my son, I've always encouraged him to ask questions, and he asked me when he was about nine what what does gay mean, mom? Yeah. You know, what does this mean? What I don't necessarily allow him to watch movies or whatever that I know is going to be extremely inappropriate for his age. Yeah. But they're going to find out anyways. Yeah. I think that if you, the, a lot of people are going to disagree with us on this. Well, yes. yeah. A lot of people are going to say, oh, you're terrible people, but. Especially when it comes to books. A book is a private contemplation. Mm -hmm. A book is private. Mm -hmm. It is imagination. And there are things that you read about when you're young that you don't get yet. Right. Yeah. You don't understand yet. And you might understand when you're older. Right. You might get one level of it. Mm -hmm. But there's always a deeper level there that if it's written in such a way, it might not be as overt now, in this particular case of this book, he comes right out and says, I even marked the passage here. Hold on. All right. And now I'm quoting. Okay. People believe in God because the world is very complicated and they think it is, they think it is very unlikely that anything as complicated as a flying squirrel or a human eye or a brain could happen by chance. But they should think logically and they... If they thought logically, they would see that 
they can only ask this question because it has already happened and they do exist. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense to me, but... Well, that's a deep thought for for a child in some cases. But the fact is that children start to question things a lot earlier and they may not say anything about it out loud. Mm-hmm. But they're having questions. They they think about things. They think about the meaning of life. They think about well, well, if my religion is wrong, or if if everybody except my religion is wrong, what about all those Chinese people? Mm-hmm. You know, right. what about the, all the Hindus? That's a lot of people. They're all wrong. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing runs through a child's mind. Now, they're going to think that regardless. Of having read a book like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they read a book like this and read about another kid who's thinking these thoughts is what's disturbing to some people. Yes. Because then it gives their thoughts validity. Mm-hmm. That makes I'm, sense. I'm only, I'm only saying these things because I thought them as a child. Yeah. Those were my thoughts as a child. Now, I didn't read about anything like that when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's another thing. Because uh, what age group would you say that is actually geared well, for? Well, the main character in this book is 15. Mm-hmm. He is autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably it would be a young adult novel. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with a parent saying, you need to wait until you're a little bit older before you read that. Because also, if they're not questioning that kind of stuff... And somebody tells them about it, then it might scare them also. And well, they, they might not be questions. ready. I mean, yeah, that's why this book was considered to be on that list. Mm-hmm. To challenge. Um, Did you enjoy reading it? I read it in about two hours. Oh, um, so it's a short read. Um, well, it was 200 pages, but you know me. Yeah. <laughs> it did have a lot of diagrams and stuff in it because the, the main character uh, is very, like, he gets taken to jail one time because a police, when the dog dies, he sees the dead dog and he, he's, he cradles the dog mm-hmm. because he liked the dog and he's sad. And the woman comes out and sees the dead dog and assumes that he was the perpetrator and she calls the cops. Mm-hmm. So the cop comes and tries to get take him away. Well, he's autistic and doesn't like to be touched. So the first thing he does is deck the cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they haul him off to jail. And the first he's sitting there in jail and his thoughts aren't, oh, my gosh, I'm in so much trouble. Like an, another child might do. He sits there and goes, well, this cell is this many feet by this many feet. And isn't this fascinating? <laughs> so all of these thoughts that are going through his head are completely different. This, I think, is a very fascinating book mm-hmm. because it shows the mind, the complicated mind of a child with autism. And I think that any child should be allowed to read this because it helps them to understand how other people think. Everybody's mind is different, but to be able to look inside the mind of somebody like this would help them, I would think, inevitably to be more open mm-hmm. to people who are different. Yes. And books have a great way of doing that, explaining how somebody else's mind works, like somebody who's autistic. Right. Embracing differences. And that's tough for kids to get. They mm-hmm. all want to be exactly the same. They all want to dress exactly the same and act exactly the same. I think re- 
allowing your child to read anything that will make them understand others more often mm -hmm. is like more beneficial than you, there's no greater present you could give them. I agree completely. Right. Uh, now, I do definitely suggest to parents they need to read what their kids are reading. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents are just too dang lazy to do that. Yes. Take Sometimes. Take time. Skim through it. You know, see if there's something in there that that you find objectionable or that you want to have a conversation with your child mm -hmm. about. Or be ready for the conversation that you exactly. know that they're going to have. You know, so how did you, you like the book? What did you think about this? You know, do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's personally, I think that's a pretty good way to go. <laughs> because I think a book even that makes them ask questions is good. Anything that makes them ask questions, because that means that they're interested, they're learning, well, they it, want to it, know. And at age, and at that age, at the young adult age, they really don't talk to y'all that much. <laughs> no, uh, uh. <laughs> they're in their own head. They're talking to their friends, and they turn. They tend to shut their parents out a little bit. And you never know what is going to strike a kid's interest into something that they're going to be passionate about their whole life. Like I know, like with my son, and I can't remember how old he was, we went to go watch a movie and it had a lot of stuff about the Civil War and it just completely fascinated him. And we sat in the movie theater for like 20 minutes after the movie was over and he's asking me questions about wars. Mm -hmm. And now <laughs> I'm not the greatest in history and I answered as, as best as I could, but ever since then, he has been fascinated about the history of wars. He's actually, he's taken courses at school. Yep, yep. He's, he's bought books on it. He's watched movies on it, documentaries about it. He loves them. And you just don't know. You're exactly right. You don't know what's going to ignite passion in a child. And that's why reading is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I guess once again, the name of that book was The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. Uh, it was definitely frowned upon by many parents <laughs> because of its outlook on the existence of God. Um, who wants to go next? Funny, didn't you read a, another? Yes, you did. Challenged book? Yes. I did. And the funny thing is that it's also about a dog. <laughs> it's called <laughs> A Dog's Heart, and it's by Mikhail Bulgakov. And this is one that it was written in 1925 in Russia. So, mm -hmm. and it was actually rejected for publication when it was first written until 1987. So, because... Time. Um... Russia thought that it was degrading to the government because at the time they were in the communist and it was weakening and a they lot of people... They didn't want anybody to get the idea that Russians were weird. Well, <laughs> you hear about the book, <laughs> you start to kind of understand. It's a, it's a very, very strange book. But um, they said that um, they thought that it symbolized how Russia was trying to change mankind mm. is what they were referring to by. Symbolically, you could definitely put that on it based on what you told me about it. Right. So why don't you give us a little overview there, V? 
Okay, well, <laughs> this book is very, very strange. It was in the strangest novel book list that you had put on Facebook that one time. Yes, one of the strange lists. And <laughs> this is even stranger than the last strange novel that I talked about because it is completely off the wall and there's no doubt in your mind that this never would happen. But what it is is there's um, a scientist in Russia and he does an experiment on a stray dog mm-hmm. and he changes out some of his pituitary gland and his part of his sexual organs just say <laughs> testicles <laughs> and transplants his the testicles of a dead man's onto yeah. this dog you should have seen nicole's face just then <laughs> wish this was video so you could have seen nicole's face you should have seen my face when they were explaining because they actually talk about doing the surgery and cutting the cranium and if anyone knows me they know how much that just completely grosses me out <laughs> anything where you break the the skull bones ugh, just don't like it but um <laughs> but after they do this um it's like the dog becomes a person mm-hmm. it's like it, a mixture he's still partially has his dog brain mm-hmm. but he starts to take characteristics of this dead man who they transplanted the body parts from and that's weird that's it, seriously creepy is what that is it, it, it's pretty creepy <laughs> and it's extremely strange but it also kind of is interesting because when he's still more dog than man and he starts talking it's like he's reflecting words and statements and the when treatment you say that talking you mean they're describing the thoughts of the dog beforehand no as in he is talking for real this is after he's oh oh he the transplant and he's starting to actually talk and communicate but when he very first starts talking it's just kind of like reflect reflections of things that were that people had said to him when he was a stray dog Uh, oh which is kind of sad because it's all really bad things but in the book it makes the scientist look at stray dogs differently Hmm. because he's then he feels bad for him because they get treated so horribly Mm -hmm. because he's been able to hear the thoughts the thoughts of the stray dog that he did the experiment on Interesting. So it kind of makes you, it's kind of like what your book, where you kind of think you get to see inside the brain, because part of this is actually told from the dog's point of view also, but while Mm -hmm. he was still an actual dog. Mm -hmm. And he's so afraid that something bad's going to happen because he's always treated so badly when this scientist takes him home to get him healthy before he does his experiment on him. Because, (laughs) like, he's been... You know, somebody threw hot water on him because he was begging for food. And so he's got burns down all one side of his, you know, and his and everything. And he's just treated crappy. Yeah. So it's just I thought it was interesting, but it's definitely extremely strange and would never happen in real life. It reminds me a little bit of have you ever watched the movie Edward Scissorhands? Yes. Okay, do you know how that scientist who created Edward Scissorhand was 
very lovable, but mm-hmm. very strange. Oh, yeah. And he had all of those um, machines that were like half person and half machine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what this scientist reminds me of because he talks about doing other experiments, too. Yeah. It's not just this one that he does. It's kind of making me think of the island of Dr. Moreau over here, <laughs> which that was one creepy ass book. <laughs> well, it's not. Uh, there's definitely creepy parts. Yeah. And gross parts mm-hmm. and completely off the wall parts. And sometimes it's a little hard to follow because he'll start talking about one thing and then circle back to something else. And then you're hearing yeah. what the dog thinks and so it's a little... It was way ahead of its time, in other words. It definitely was ahead of its time. Yeah. But I'm glad I read it. Well, that's good. So I thought it was interesting. And Once it was, again, for Banned Books Week. This was Banned Books Week this week. Yeah. And then it's all month. Right. So Mikael... What's his last name? Mikael... Bulgakov. 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 And it's called? The Heart of a Dog. Sweet. And it is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I think we figured that out when we were talking about brain surgery and <laughs> test, testicular transplants. Yeah. And now to take a serious turn on the road, Michelle, I mean, Nicole, That's what did you read? Hilarious, because my sister's name is Michelle, and really? everybody calls me Michelle anyways. But... <laughs> Uh, my book actually kind of uh, is similar to yours in two ways. First uh-huh. off, it takes place in... Well, parts of it takes t- take place in Transylvania. Ooh. Oh. And the other... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's very strange, uh-huh. but it's um, it's actually a mystery because I had really wanted to be... Wanted to start reading mysteries. Mm-hmm. I had... Hadn't really read any, and I wanted to start getting into them because I love watching mysteries or crime documentaries. So this specific one, um, it was called Follow You Home by Mark Edwards. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it kind of catches your attention from the beginning because it's talking about um, two cu- or a couple. Um, they're like on the verge of getting married and thinking about having a baby eventually. But they want to take this grand adventure um, across Europe uh-huh. uh, before they decide on um, the rest of their life. And so Alas, the book, hurrah. yeah. So the book starts out, um, and they it's talking about them spending all this time on the beach in Spain, clubbing in France. Um, they went to a couple of their places, and then finally they decided they wanted to see the culture in like uh, further east. Um, of Europe, so like they're gonna go through Hungary, and so they get on this train. And this is I'm not giving any way, I'm not gonna give anything away, just warning you, but <laughs> I'm gonna give a good like the first third of the plot away, probably, okay. but okay. it's not gonna ruin anything for you guys. It's just a small spoiler, yeah, just to get <laughs> you guys really interested into this book because it okay. was awesome. Okay, um, so they get on this train and they're really tired. And it foreshadows by this guy saying um, that he decided to be cheap and buy regular, like, train tickets. Not the sleeper cab, but the regular uh, seats. Mm -hmm. 
So they start talking about, um, they sit down, and this other uh, Russian couple gets in, sits relatively near, and then they start talking as the, as the train's going on mm-hmm. and hanging out. Uh, I think they're drinking some Russian beer on the train and everything, and the girl starts getting really tired. Well, there's an empty sleeper cab, and even though they didn't pay for the tickets, they decided to go in there and take a nap. Uh-huh. And this Russian couple promises that they will wake them up before uh, they pass the border and somebody checks their passports. Uh-oh. And they end up getting thrown off the train with the female of the uh, of the couple they had been hanging out with. So now they're in this creepy country. They Which is off, Transylvania, right? Pretty much. Okay. Um, they are at this abandoned um, train stop that no one has been in in forever. And so as soon as they get off, they start talking about these weird dogs that like that are huge. They look like mutants, kind of. Um, Cue the creepy music. Yeah. <laughs> so it gets you, it's very suspenseful just in the first third of the book. And then it starts talking about um, they like want to get away from the dogs. They decided to follow the train tracks back to the last town they were in. Mm-hmm. And something <laughs> happens while they're doing this. And I'm not going to tell you what happens because uh, the book uses like that experience to kind of go through. It's so intricate because what caused them to get kick off, kicked off the train um and then so many other life events that happen after this are all intertwined. Oh, because, we're talking a very, very well plotted out. Book. Oh yeah, it's very thought through. And then I was very surprised because they hint at ghosts, they hint at everything. Like, well, I thought I heard it smelled a whiff of a werewolf there a minute ago. I know. You're talking mm-hmm. about those big old dogs. Uh huh. And then the ending kind of just really shocks you. Because first off, you fall in love with these characters, and then, yeah, the ending is just like, whoa. Well, but it's it, the entire thing is very suspenseful and just a really great read. And it was called Follow You Home by Mark Edwards. I'm reading that. It I am seriously good. reading that. It that was sounds really good. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like um, he was really good at setting the mood for the book. Yes. Be- just from hearing you talk, I can picture it in my head. So, mm-hmm. and it's uh, just watching them trying to like figure out like what is wrong with their lives ever since they get back from this trip and they had this experience, but the book won't tell you what the experience is, oh. and you're oh. just like, oh my god, what's going on here? Oh. You know, I like those kind of yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it does sound good. You said you read two. Yes. Okay. So the other one is also. Kind of a mystery, like almost horror. I thought it was going to be more of a horror than it uh, really was. But I saw this. It was on sale on Amazon for $1.99. It's called Pines by Blake Crouch. It's actually the first book in the Wayward Pines series. I was going to say, last week I talked about a Blake Crouch Dark Matter Oh. By Blake Crouch last week. Yeah. Well, was that last week or a couple it was weeks? Last week. It was last week. Because I remember week? us yeah. talking about Wayward Pines Wayward and we Pines. couldn't remember the name of it. Because we had to look it up, I think. Didn't but we? yeah, it was yeah. in this huge like Amazon. It was like all these books under $2. And so I was like, I have to read this. Just because I had seen, I mean, we work in radio, 
Yeah. Um, so I remember we got all the movie posters to give away. Yeah. We had some survival kits to give away. Yep. And I the artwork for everything is very like horror. I feel like it was uh-huh. going to be gory. But anyway, so if you uh, watch the TV show, I wouldn't listen to this just because I don't know how far the TV show goes into the book or mm-hmm. vice versa. It's a, there's a three book. It's a three book series, a trilogy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one starts out with this guy. Um, he gets in a car crash. Um, he's on his way to investigate the murder of he's well, he's Secret Service. So he's right. on the way to investigate the disappearance disappearance of two of his co-workers mm-hmm. and so they're going to wayward pines so it's this very small quaint town everyone has victorian houses it's beautiful surrounded by mountains and so he wakes up in a hospital after having this accident and he starts asking for his badge um he really wants to go he's trying to get a hold of his wife he's having amnesia almost so he can barely remember who he is and so he gets out of this, gets out of this hospital. Um, he doesn't have any of his stuff on him. So he's trying to like, first off, he's still injured, but he needs a place to stay for the night. Um, plus, he wants to investigate whatever he's there to investigate, you know, and he's having a lot of issues. And so right off the bat, he feels like this is very weird. Like this town is weird. Mm-hmm. And it talks about um, he went to get a like he heard a cricket and he wanted to go like look at it. And mm-hmm. he reaches behind this bush and realizes it's not a real cricket. It's a speaker system. And so it goes through all these twists and turns. And <laughs> once again, novel. I wish was, I wish was, this was video because Bonnie and I are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you come up with all these theories in your head of like. Like, what, what is going, going on? on? And then at at the end of the first book, they kind of give you, the they tell you exactly what this town is and um, everything that's going on, but I don't want to give you anything else away. Okay. Well, I saw part of Wayward Pines, mm-hmm. and the beginning is just exactly like what you described. Yeah. Hmm. I did stop watching. It's very interesting. And, well, and I can also tell you, like, he starts getting these like somebody tips him off of where one of like he finds the body of one of the people he was searching for yeah in this house yeah that he's like tied to a bed that's beaten to like, shreds just like the show yeah, yeah and that's in the first like couple of chapters of the book and so then he's really freaking out and he goes and tells the sheriff and the sheriff's just like what are you talking about man yep. like yep i'm not gonna help you you're weird and you need a psychiatrist pretty much this is yep. everything that's going up. on yep. Yep. And so he, wow. it's just super interesting. Um, I don't know. I recommend it. It's really good. There was one slow spot later in the book because he's climbing a mountain. And that's about it. Hmm. But other than that, it's very suspenseful. And so you mm. still have two more to go if you decide to go that route. Oh, yeah. I think they're still two ninety nine or a dollar ninety nine on Amazon. So I'm going like, to go buy them. She's like, ooh, I got to have me some of that. <laughs> well, it does sound interesting. Yeah. Almost like the whole town is part of the cover up or something. You can't say anything. Or like, well, I know you can't. <laughs> I have not read the book, so I'm. <laughs> I'll have not read the book, but I did see a good chunk of the um, series. Oh, I yeah. haven't even seen this. I don't series. remember why I quit watching it, but I think it was just 
I really don't remember why, but I remember losing my taste for it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can assume there are a couple places that are kind of gory. Gory uh-huh. doesn't bother it me. It doesn't. No. Because I know, like, The Walking Dead. I love that show. I love The Walking Dead. If Gory bothered me, I would not be a, such I, a huge Walking well, Dead. Well, I fan. love that show, except for when I see somebody's brains yeah, getting blown out of their gross. head. I and could probably do without that. But, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's all part of the zombie thing. After a while, you just go, oh, okay. You get used to it. Zombie brain. I know. But they always mm-hmm. throw in, like, this one horrifying part in every season. And yeah, you're like, I can have to do that because people, uh, I think people expect it. Yeah, they do yeah do you guys know what you're gonna read next week well i'm gonna throw a little monkey wrench in things and do one more book oh because you know i haven't done a true sci-fi <laughs> and this one's been on my nightstand forever and i just finally finished it i was it was one of those ones my son bought this for me for christmas mm-hmm. and i was just it was such a good book i was savoring it and I finally finished. Um, it is called Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. Neil Stevenson is, has become recently one of my favorite authors because the guy is just incredible. This book was, let me just tell you what the premise is in the beginning. Um, all of a sudden one day, just imagine you're sitting here sipping coffee and... Something makes the moon explode. It -hmm. breaks into three pieces up in the sky. Mm -hmm. The moon does. And nobody knows, A, nobody knows what the heck happened. Mm -hmm. And B, people aren't really quite sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then they start to go, okay, the scientists have figured out we've got two years before it all falls down. Before the moon? Before the moon falls to Earth ah. and kills everybody. Mm-hmm. So we've got to figure out how to get help the human race survive. Well, when this happens, there's a bunch of people already up on this International Space Station. There's, they're doing some asteroid mining and doing some other things up there. Mm-hmm. And those people are now stuck up there. Mm-hmm. They, they're not going to get new supplies. They're not going to get, you know... They're cut off well, from the world. They get cut off pretty quick mm-hmm. um, because of everything that's happening on Earth. Because war starts to break out in some of these areas that they're sending supplies from. And because people want to get up there because they know that's the only way they're going to survive. So they got to figure out how they're going to send people up there. You know, what's the best way for the human race to survive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, fascinating. Especially considering... Um, We've just started talking about Proxima B, which is the planet that's Earth-like that's only four light years away. Mm-hmm. You've heard me talk about it, I'm sure. Because mm-hmm. I'm think, kind of a geek in that way. I think I read about it. Did, yeah, was there something I've that, shared did you put a crap load of it about it on Facebook. Yeah. But um, so a lot of the, you know, how are we going to survive? And, and in this book, part, there's a faction of people that want to go to try to go to Mars and make that work. Mm-hmm. But they've got all sorts of different, and it's a very, very long and complicated book. Very thick reading, very difficult reading. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you about that. And it's probably close to 800, 900 pages long. And mm-hmm. it's, so it's, it looks like a pretty big yes, book. Yeah, it's huge, but not easy reading. Hmm. True science fiction buffs, I think you're going to love it. 
mm-hmm. um, because it 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 goes way past. I think I kind of lost interest in it for a while after the initial get everybody up to space thing because mm-hmm. it goes on. Does it get technical? Talk about the planet. It talks, or? you know, it all's taking place in space at mm-hmm. that point, and the infighting in in space and all of the different things that are going on between the people that survived and how they're surviving and things break off into factions and some of the people go this way and some go this way and I don't know I after the earth part was gone I was kind of like okay I don't know I, I kind of lost a little bit of uh, but earth didn't wasn't completely destroyed I will say that yeah um, they base it basically just set the surface of the earth on fire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I mean it, you couldn't even be close to the earth they had to move the space station further away from the earth because it was so it was radiating too much heat well, yeah it was just mm-hmm. too hot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so basically most of the people on the earth died which is depressing oh but, yeah but it really, one of those ones you're really thinking all the time. Hmm. It almost made my brain hurt. Yeah. Thinking all the time. And especially after, you know, they're out in space for so long. It's like you almost got bored in space. If he had made it uh, into like several or like two or three little smaller books, do you think it would have been easier to I read? think it might have been because then you could have a separation in your mind. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? He did. There were. But seven eaves, obviously. Can you guess what that stands for? Is it the. Like how they break off? Seven eaves. Those are the people who are going to repopulate. Oh. There are seven eaves. Mm hmm. Which is kind of a weird concept. It's a weird, weird concept. It is. But really, um, I saw some some research a little while back, right after they started doing that DNA project, Mm -hmm. where they were trying to trace how many people were the original ancestors. Seven original, completely original tribes. Mm -hmm. Or not tribes, but ancestors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I remember reading about that. Long so maybe tribes. maybe he read about it and, and thought maybe the seed was planted in his brain when he heard about that. You know, that's interesting you say that because uh, at the end of Pines, for the Wayward Pines yeah. trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, the I, I, he gave a quote and it was from Michael Crichton and it was from Jurassic Park. And it's the quote where he's talking about how... Humans cannot destroy Earth. Earth will always outlive humans, but humans will destroy themselves. It's but it's a. I wish I had the like quote written out, but it's you know one of those fascinating. Yes, I love Michael Crichton. He yeah, mm-hmm. he really was a genius. Oh yeah, I love books like that because I like the what if scenario. Always have, which is one of the reason the apocalyptic thing appeals to me so much. And, you know, what are we going to do if an asteroid hits the Earth? And it's in the news right now. They just launched. I heard about that, too. They got to go test this asteroid. An asteroid's going to come really super close. And notice they didn't mm-hmm. say anything about it till they already have the thing up in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With seven years or something? I don't know if I, I don't remember that. I remember it's way down it the up. line, though. And it was f- funny because the article, I, I didn't even read the article. I was just reading the headline. 
and it was the way they uh, phrased it was so like eh whatever there's exactly. this asteroid and it was the first generic thing that came to yeah. my mind was yeah they didn't tell us about this because they didn't want us freaking out well right because they don't want to they don't want to panic the public because. I mean, seven years from now, an asteroid's going to hit the Earth, and we're all going to die unless we can figure out a way to save the day. Right. And how many people do you think would panic and start looting the streets? And yes, guys, exactly. if it does happen, I'd rather just be directly under it and die right away. I do not want to be slowly. a survivalist. Well, and uh, see, this book does go into that. Well, if anything like that happens, I'm going to have to come and stay in your tribe because I would not survive as a survivalist. <laughs> I actually think I'd be pretty good, if but I don't want to do it. I don't want to... Yeah, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't like to do it because without a hairdryer, I'd just be a hot mess. Oh, I'd be... I would look awful. But I don't think I could bring myself to kill another human being. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Like, that would I totally love sh- suck. I love shooting guns. I love shooting. I have a bow and arrow, a uh, recurve bow. I See, think it's I told fun. You she to- was a shield maiden. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I love uh, like target shooting. I've never killed an animal like with those. But ever. you'd have to if you had I to know. survive. That's so. why I'm saying I would rather not. Like, <laughs> just want to get hit right away. I'm just going to put a bullseye over my head and walk I'm, around. I'm going to stay in and do the housework. You can kill the animals. <laughs> now, this all brings out the true character of people when we start talking about stuff like that. No, but seriously, um, it was an excellent book. It was just very, very difficult. to. Uh, I really had to stop reading it. I had to. It was just too much all at once. Hmm. This guy's brilliant, though. I've read several novels by him, and I'm sure that we'll talk about two or three of them later on down the line. But I wanted to talk about this one specifically now because of all the stuff that's in the news. I'm thinking this is the perfect time to discuss it. Oh, yes. Once again, Mm -hmm. Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. I highly recommend it, but it is definitely for hardcore sci-fi fans. That's awesome. So is that all that we have for tonight? Or Well, we did an awful lot tonight. I have no clue. Neither I have. I do actually, I know what I'm going to do next week. What are you going to do next week, Martha? You, you say first because you started it. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I have a lot of stuff on hold. Um, I do have Bossy Pants, though. Bossy <gasps> Pants came in. Bossy Pants. Yay! But I'll probably read that in one day because I always do. With the autobiographies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll have to find something else. <laughs> well, I have two lined up. I have The Mad Woman Upstairs. What's the other one? Oh, the one I just finished today. Awesome. Carl Hyacin. Uh, Razor Girl. Oh. oh. So Mad Woman Upstairs and Razor Girl isn't the same person because that would be one Mad Woman. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, one is one is fairly tame. The other one is raunchy and hilarious. So, we, you know, we like raunchy and hilarious. And of course, you know, I've got a whole hold list full of stuff that I'll probably have two more or three more that I read this coming week. Yes. Lots, lots to pick from. How about you, Nicole? Where are you at? <clears throat> I don't know. I have like 10 books in my Kindle library. But then I also went to Mina, Arkansas last weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. This tiny. What's in Mina? Very, very tiny 
town, almost nothing in it. But they have a ha- they did have a used bookstore. <gasps> oh, so I got bookstores. Uh, oh yeah, it was pretty cool. I was just really surprised how big it is because it's in a shopping center, oh. and I just thought it was going to be like this really small Arkansas bookstore. Like, like it's in the middle of nowhere. I, I had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go in there and it's huge. There's books lining every uh, every wall, every nook and cranny. So There's it's one awesome. like that in Chickasha, too. Yeah. Is there? Oh, I haven't my gosh. Been there. I couldn't believe it. Hmm. Yeah. Books on top of stacks of stacks of stacks of books. Yeah. Wow. But I got uh, Stephen King, Bag of Bones. So See? I started reading that. And then... That's a good ghost story. What else did I get? Oh, uh, I think her name's Gillian Flynn, the woman that wrote that book. I can't Gone remember. Gone Girl. Gone Girl. So it's a sharp object. Yes, that, got, that was excellent. I haven't read it yet, so I got Sharp Object. I found that there because I noticed none of the regular bookstores have that. Yeah. So yeah, that I, one's a harder one to find. Mm-hmm. Sharp. What so is Sharp, sharp object? Objects? Have you read Gone Girl? No, I, we watched the movie, yeah. but I didn't read the book. I was book. underwhelmed by that one. I know the everybody m- loved it. The movie? The movie was better than the book, I thought, and you'll hardly ever hear me say that. Yeah, I actually, because everybody was obsessed with this. The book was just a book. I, um, I, I wasn't obsessed with it. It was good. It wasn't the best book I'd ever read, read in my life. Yeah. The movie gave it another level See, because... Yes. Mm-hmm. The there movie took, out all, took out all the boring parts and all the run-on parts and just did it perfectly. Oh, especially Dang, towards the movie. end when she's being manipulative. Do you Ooh, know what I'm talking about? Yes. The, the actress that mm. played that. She man. did good. She did a good job. I can't think of what her name is. But you will she was hate her. brilliant. Yeah. Well, I watched the movie, but I haven't read the book. Oh, okay. And I, I don't know if I... I might read it eventually, but it's not yeah. one that's Take in my pass. top. I know you're going to... There are going to be people out if there. Ever, oh, that was a great yeah. book. If yeah. you're ever bored, you can read it. It's mm-hmm. not going to like, you're not going to hate your life because you read it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to be un- unimpressed, I guess. That, Underwhelmed, yeah. like yeah. Martha said. Yeah. No, it was overhyped. Unsatisfied. Sorry. I read it because Dax I know. told me he to read it. And he was obsessed to me. Yes. with it. I know. Huh. And then he also kept telling me to read Girl on a Train, which I still haven't gotten around to, but it's oh, been on my list. Oh, that's a whole other story, girl. We'll go into oh, Girl on the Train yes. again another day. <laughs> we'll have to because we... Because Ron, Vonnie and I have both read it. And we do not agree. No, we do not. Maybe we I should read this disagree. before we talk you about should. it. You should. You should read it. And we should have like a Goldfinch Girl on the Train discussion because I know we've all read yes, the Goldfinch. Yes, we have all read Goldfinch as well. I think we need to put that on the list because a lot of people have read that and a lot of people have very strong opinions about it so right the goldfinch makes my heart flutter <gasps> me too we all loved that it one. makes me want to read it again <laughs> okay i guess we're done for another day and we'll be back again next week with more awesome books let us know if you have anything you want us to read or talk about or if you have any suggestions that we have yet uh, or any like genre suggestions that we've yet to talk about. I'm sure we all. Our feel- Facebook page is up and running now. We are on it constantly. I'm always sharing the lists. I share yes. the lists on there. Share the lists, so, or just leave us a mess or leave us a post and tell us what your favorite book is. Comment on some of the stuff we've we've talked about. We'd love to hear some feedback. Oh yes. yeah, and that's it for three book girls. <laughs>